Hello guys, welcome to the next episode of the After Hours Lounge. Um, yeah, sorry guys, it's been a it's been a couple of weeks since I put one up. I kind of went through lockdown and um, and I didn't really have much else to do, um, so I thought I'd put a load of time into this. So at one point, you know, there's a good few weeks where I was putting out two podcasts a week. Um, so I'm really sorry. Um, I've actually managed to get some work back on, so I've actually been a bit busier. Um, so it's been difficult for me to try and find some time um, to really put into um, into the podcast. Um, but I'm really, really trying to get it back up and going. I've actually had some messages from some friends recently um, about wanting to hear more and, and how much they really enjoyed it. So that, that felt really, really nice. Um, it's nice to know that down the line, people are still really, really enjoying it. Um, so my guest this week, guys, uh, is a guy called Lewis Cheatham. He actually went to school with my little brother. Um, I knew him when, when we were younger. He's from, from the same kind of place as me in the Highlands of Scotland, small town. Um, Lewis got into uh, the gym when he was uh, 14. Um, and it's all gone from there. Um, and, you know, he, he went into the bodybuilding world before uh, getting injured and then going into the kind of powerlifting sort of strongman, if you will, um, side of of weightlifting. Um, he became a junior British record holder and he still holds that record now. Um, and now he's, you know, lifting upwards of 300 kilos. Uh, so, yeah, serious, really serious of what he does. But really, really interesting to chat to him. Um, before you listen to this, guys, well, you'll see I've called it part one. Lewis, unfortunately, had to go. Um, so there will be part two going up next week because we, we just have so much more to talk about. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, please let me know what you think. Any feedback is really, really appreciated. And yeah, guys, enjoy the episode. Boom. Welcome back to the next episode of the After Hours Line. Guys, been a little while. I'm sorry. I've had a couple of weeks off. As we know, the world is opening back up and uh, I need to get back to fucking work. And unfortunately, I don't get paid to podcast yet. Um, but I'm really stoked to be joined by, actually, me and me and my guest today, we, we do actually go way back. I believe I gave him a little one from school once. Um, yeah. that, was, that was, we worked out about nine years ago. Um, it is Mr. Lewis Cheatham. Hello, Lewis. Hello, my man. How, how you doing? How, all good? Yeah, pretty good, man. It's, uh, it's, it's warm up here too, not as warm as down you, but... Like it's, I'm quite a warm human, so it instantly put me in this sort of climate. I'm just sweating all the time. Yeah, so yeah. If you see me like rubbing my forehead and that, it's not because I'm overly nervous. It's That's just fine, I've got a like fan as well for it. Don't right, good, 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 I've, good. I've got a fan going. It's about 35 degrees down here. Um, so yeah, you're from you're from up where I'm from, or you're from the next town long. So you you actually went to school with my with my younger brother, um, and I, I kind of reached out to get you on the podcast because obviously you're. Well, I mean, you you can you can tell me yourself, but you you're very into the gym, into the weightlifting side of things. So, um, tell 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 the listeners, tell me me as well, um, a little bit about yourself, what you do, uh, yeah. Yeah, no worries. Like, if if we just quickly glance on the start and where I am now, and then we'll fill in the gaps in between. But um, starting from just being like a like a gym interest back when I was like fourteen, fifteen, didn't really know where it was going to take me. I just had this idea that. You know, I loved the Hulk and I loved the way the Hulk looked. And then I was just like, yeah, I was like, he's like, I want to look like him. Yeah. And uh, and then fast forward to now, things have taken a bit of a different change, but I just got my first invite uh, to a professional competition um, in a few months' time. So right. that sort of thing. Strongman stuff, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, this one's powerlifting. Okay. Um, Strongman's just like a slightly different avenue from what I'm doing. Okay. Um, but it, it, it's nice, as you're saying, like we're both from a, a pretty small place up north of Scotland. So um, to even be considered at a professional level, um, 
being invite only you need to meet a certain standard and i'm sitting here like well we're just like we're just people from these little small places in the yeah, northeast yeah, yeah. of scotland so it's like i was like is this making it is this what it feels to actually be something or somebody but you know the, the truth is um you just feel like you like you're just doing the best you can do and i'm sure you've entered a few competitions in your time where it's like you're, you're competing against people you probably idolized for a period of the time mm. um so now being at that point I, I literally feel like I'm just at the start of my career as well, even though we're sort of like coming up 10 years deep into it. So, yeah. you know, it, it's not a quick process, but it's definitely worthwhile sticking with. Um, but the the bottom line is it started out as like a, a let's say, a saviour. Um, back back in those days, uh, as a little long hair mosher, and, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like back and back when things were easy and music was good, but uh, back then it was a case of like you know it was it was cool to go out and drink your two liters of strong boy at the weekend and just kind of getting caught up in that. But the problem is, whenever I do something, I overdo it. Yeah. So it's a case of like I was out there all the time, um, just doing sort of stupid things. And yeah, okay, like you shouldn't regret what you've done, but I could have made better choices. Yeah. Like you can only learn from them, can you? So um there was a guy that came in, Alex Devlin, he came in, he was basically just like, Look, bro, uh, you're better than this. Like, stop wasting your life just at the bottom of a bottle. I know it's hard to say, like, you could be an alcoholic at like 14, 15, but um when that's the only thing you were looking forward to, it, it's kind of hard to stay focused on actually improving yourself any further than a week down the line, because all you seen was the Friday night. Yeah. So well, it's difficult when you're when you're that age as well because everything's so new and like it's like exactly all, yeah all your senses are turned up to eleven and everything's new and you're like yeah. oh, this is amazing so it, it is difficult and by the sounds of it what you just said there you you do need that person to kind of step in and go why don't you try this instead or this and like I yeah. guess you know well I I've got one as well but like a really like obsessive personality where as soon as I get into it doesn't matter what it is as soon as I get into something I'm like yeah. I need to know everything. I need to do everything. I'm, you know, I'm really, I get really into it. Um, it's, it's one of those. It's like as soon as you start seeing a reward from something, though, I think that's where like the big thirst comes from. So like, if you've seen your progression in something, or even if it's like a totally different skill, like you don't know how to draw, but then two months later you can start drawing yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's anything. Like you put a little bit of effort in, and then you get something back. It's like, it's yeah. like that that reward instant gratification for your efforts so directly responsible to the gym as well too so so you got into that when you were because you you were you were still because you were still doing that when you were at school weren't you you started you almost did you kind of stop going out and just said look i'm you know when you're 15 16 you're like actually i'm gonna start smashing it's it's a really strange one because like i was a really fat kid as well like Coming out of primary school, going into secondary, like I was, I was hefty. I was beefy. I was a beefy boy. Yeah, yeah. So, like instantly, even though being self-conscious isn't really something you would associate too much with, like a prepubescent uh, teenage sort of age male, and yeah. um, it was still a very real thing. Even though, like, you didn't want to admit it. And this is this is actually one of the reasons I'm really glad you asked me on this podcast because being more sort of like mental health side is. It's nice to actually open up and say, you know, bro, like I actually had a pretty hard time, even though like there was heaps of people around me. Um, I had a lot of friends, like didn't get bullied. Um, you know, you think that was the recipe for having a pretty good childhood. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those, like my nickname was Tubby Bunter. So like, 
that sort of thing just like stuck with me and I was just like nah, do you know what man like didn't feel comfortable in my skin yeah. and then the sort of drinking kind of made you forget things um, and kind of like you didn't really know that that was sort of calories you were smashing on all the time um, and obviously doing it all the time you want to do it more yeah. just a sort of vicious cycle so I got into the gym back honestly it was like 14 14 and then 15 started to take it pretty serious yeah. and then and then I understood the relationship between well if I drink I know I'm not going to make progress so yeah. instantly it was like even though back when I was like 14 15 if I was to look at my gym form it, it was really poor like yeah. I could have maximized my gains much more efficiently if I really wanted to but the reality is I didn't develop the body there it was the mind that was developed. Yeah, and I know that sounds cliche, but, you know, if you show up to the gym five days a week, being 14, 15, and then progressively getting older, you, you get into this lifestyle, you start to understand the, the, the definition of dedication, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's an amazing thing to get into when you're, when you're at a younger age. I mean, I didn't, I didn't find a, a sport or any kind of, any, av- any avenue like that that's, that's good until I was... Yeah. 1920 it wasn't until I was that age so I I wish I'd found something at that age because it 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 becomes a complete pillar of who you are as a person I think doesn't it yeah and it it was one of those it was like like I said if you touch back on uh, being a little bit self-conscious and you know you've even got teachers being like oh your arms are getting pretty big and then instantly you're just like well this feels good like I want to keep this up and you know releasing that oxytocin levels and only it can only be released with somebody else giving you some sort of gratification so um whilst I'm not saying you know seek external validation it is it is a nice thing to get a little reward for yourself you know man like yeah but we can't we can't take it away did you find yourself looking in the mirror at that age and going fuck it's working like did you find yeah. yourself doing it or was it was it only coming from others did you start did you start feeling better about yourself is what I'm trying to say I guess yeah and uh you know like even comments with like my nana because I lived with my nana for a period of time and uh, she was like oh Lewis, please don't get any bigger and if you think about it like I really wasn't big like even now like I'm not really a huge human or anything so like at the time I was like god this like yeah this must be working. Like I'm turning into the Hulk here. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, it was good, man. So like I was getting a little like gratification from other people and, you know, comments like, Oh, you know, you don't want to be too big. And I'm like, I would love to be too big. Like that's a problem I would love to have. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was good though. Uh, I've seen it myself. It was mainly in like the t-shirt thing. So like when you feel the arms getting a little bit tighter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was your kind of like instant little little thing. And then back then I started to idolize different people. And for the first time in my life, I had idols. And that's what that's what meant a lot to me because I was looking at these people as if as if they were some like godlike creature. Yeah. Um, which is why I kind of said a little bit on the whole, like, you know, even entering professional competitions now, you know, you're just you. Like those people that you idolized one time are just them as well. Like they're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they're not like superhuman beings. Okay. They might have amazing genetics and everything, but they didn't, they didn't wake up being the best at what yeah. they do. And you they know still, what I mean? So it's all about that journey. They still, they still go to bed every night. They still wake up. They yeah, still, exactly. They still, they're still humans. And that's, that's something I learned, you know, quite often, like for me in windsurfing, windsurfing is a really small sport. And like, I found myself within two or three years, I'd be, we'd be, me and my mates, we'd be meeting all these, guys that are top five top ten in the world on the beach and you're like oh my god and you end up chatting fangirling yay fool fool fucking fangirl and then you chat to them and they're just like all right boys did you have a good windsurf today all this and i'm like oh you're talking to us 
you know, yeah, like um, my, my stomach's turning over here. Well, then, and then, and then after a time, you know, I did a few trips and you know, out in South Africa, and they were always there. And after a while, you're like sitting drinking pints with them and eating some food, and it's all chilled, and it's like they're your mates, you know. So it's it's just a, a kind of level of familiarity, but that's familiarity with your own your own kind of confidence in it as well. You know, if you know that, you know, I've been invited to this competition, I, I deserve to be here. You yeah. kind of can make yourself feel better about standing shoulder to shoulder with them, you know? Yeah, 110%. It's, it's actually weird that you touch on that as well, because um, obviously up where we're from, we know the sort of community is quite small and close-knit. And do you know what I mean, man? It's like, it's, a, it's almost a narrow-minded kind of area not that everyone's narrow-minded up here I don't want to generalise it but it's a little bit like if you do something out of the norm then people are a bit like Phew. and they're either with you or against you basically like you know they just don't understand they just don't understand yeah it's a different thing um, but what I've kind of started doing recently and more people have been doing it with you saying you know touching shoulders with other people in the sport that you do there's not many of them here. However, I have started networking with more people of the same sport in the area. So I'm fortunate enough to have my own gym set up here. So, you know, I've been offering it to the other people in the same circle, being like, look here, guys, you know, if you're ever up in the area, please come round. Or, and, you know, and, and similarly, they're saying the same, like as soon as lockdown's over, like come and travel, come and train with us. And and that's that sort of camaraderie. Like, you know, you know when you go out uh, for a few drinks with your workmates, you end up speaking about work. Like yeah. you literally, you spend your time at work with them, but yet you still speak about work in your leisure time. It's it's that common bond. Like it's yeah. something that you can both speak passionately about, uh, albeit passionately good or bad. You know, it, it can mean positive or negative, but it's still yeah. something you feel strongly about. So, you know, okay, work is horrendous this week. And then they're like, yeah, absolutely was. Like this was shit, that was shit. So, you know, you get on that level with people. Um, and that's what I really like about this is because I'm now creating those relationships with other people to sort of share my experiences or, okay, bro, like something's really sticking this week. Like I'm not sure what it is. And then, you know, they might have had that problem and share a little bit of information. So it's all about it's all about growing and networking and yeah. um, never, never actually, you know, you're never alone. You're, yeah. you're never alone. Honestly, man, it's, it's a dark place to think that you're on your own. And I've been there plenty of times too. So well, it's, just, it's just nice finding, finding common ground with others, no matter what it is and, you know, anything. I'm finding as I get older, it's, it's almost easier to find common ground because I guess the people yeah. I'm chatting to have, have done the more, you know, they've done more, you know. Yeah. Like even I can find ground with someone before I was so specific and like a bit of a needle of like, I only really found common ground and chat to people about, something you know like windsurfing or you know something like that whereas now i'm like you know oh i've got quite into cooking i quite enjoy cooking at the yeah. moment or you know i've always been really passionate about films and, and all this stuff so you it, finding common ground is like one of the best things you can do i think yeah 110 percent. as well as like um i think i think as you get a little bit older and with confidence too you you feel less of the need to fit in with a circle like you know you don't try too hard you know you don't take it hard on yourself if you don't necessarily fit in with some people. You're like, okay, you know, water off a duck's back. Like, you're just like, cool, I'm just going to keep doing me and then, Well, I think you, know. you, realize, you realize that you don't have to, you don't have to look, look and be like everyone else. Yeah. I think back in, back in the day, like when I first met you, as you said, you were a little, a little emo mosher, mosher kid. kid everyone, yeah. everyone, everyone, I'm still that inside though. Oh, dude, me too. But like yeah. everyone had everyone had exactly the same haircut, everyone wore exactly the same clothes, everything. And even back then, you know, like I knew I was different. I knew I was like, I didn't quite wear the same clothes and I was the only one with blonde hair rather than dark yeah. hair. And I always felt a bit different. 
and but I, I never quite gave in to like changing. You know, I would ne- I, I never did be like, oh yeah, I'll dye my hair because everyone else is doing it. Or I'll get my lip yeah. pierced because all the other boys have got their lips pierced and all this. So I just never did it, and and I'm glad I did that now. Yeah, exactly. Said, yeah. Now that now that I'm older, that it's almost peer pressure, but it's something you put on yourself isn't isn't really there. And I'm like, actually, you know, I'm, my mates are fine being me or with me being me. So I'm just going to carry on doing it. And actually, yeah. sometimes you all you all tend to influence each other a little bit, but you don't feel like you have to be complete cookie cutter, you know, things of each other. I know. It's 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 also that sort of experience of if you could go back and tell yourself these things that's you know like don't waste time worrying about if you fit in or not because oh, yeah. your circle's there like your circle is going to be there especially when you get a little bit older you realize your circle might not be as big but the people that are in that circle you tend to keep them there because they mean something to you you know and it's it's not even a case of like spending a lot of time with a person that makes them your best mate or whatever like I've met a lot. Of friends recently that I've known for less than some of my friends I consider best friends but what they're willing to put on the line for you is way more valuable than others you know well, a, lot, a lot of that is with a lot of that that comes from common ground as well I imagine a lot of your yeah, friends, yeah, yeah. New, new friends you've probably met through what you're doing at the moment as well and stuff and that that instantly creates a, an attraction for lack of a better word like you know I've, I've still got my kind of best mates from from back there back up at home but then, like my other set of best mates, I've all just met through through doing what I've done for the last ten years, yeah. and they're still. We've got a group of kind of probably around eight, eight or nine of us who are all still super super close, you know. And it's it's two different sets of friends or different sets of people, but because I've met them through a certain thing that I do that my other friends don't do, you know. Um, yeah. Everyone does it. So how does that? So, you know, after you got into the gym, I, I mentioned before we started, you, you started getting into a little bit of bodybuilding and stuff. And obviously that is very much a cookie cutter world. Yeah, um, it is, isn't it, man? So how, how, how did you get into that? Like, talk me through that. Because, I mean, everyone's seen Pumping Iron and that's, my, that's like my only insight into the bodybuilding world. And that's like yeah. the top, 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 top level. And it was also about 40 years ago. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, how, how, did, how and why did you, did you get into, into that side of it? Uh, it was definitely like a, you know, as time went on when I was just like messing about in my friend's gym in his garage, um, you kind of get a wee thirst for it. And then and then I came across another friend at the time, a guy called Kevin Curran, um, and he was like a bodybuilder. Like he was what you'd call an actual bodybuilder. Like, you know, he looked like one, trained like one, ate like one, slept like one. Like, uh, you know, he was... He was one. Of, he was my first real insight to what a real world Hulk would look like. You know, <laughs> as, as we were saying earlier on. So instantly, that no homo. Like I didn't fall in love with him, but like I looked at him and I was just like, I want to look yeah, like idolized. Like that is that is exactly how I want to look like. How he wears his t-shirts, I want to look like that in a t-shirt. So yeah. um, as with everything, you know, you don't just continually do something day in day out and not get better at it in any way. Like even if it's something you don't enjoy, like if you do it regularly. You'll, you'll do something like with you cooking. I bet you can cut a carrot faster now than you did when you first started. Sure, mate. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. But that was never your intention. Like you just got better at something. So um, I started that and then like that's when the real thirst came along. So, you know, I don't want to say the word addiction because the connotations of addiction are a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but somewhat I was definitely addicted to the thought of, you know, if I can put in effort, 
then I'm going to get rewards. And it was like that instant sort of, you know, you place a bet on and then, you know, you get that game back and you're sitting like, yeah, that was really good. And then there you go. That's the sort of form of addiction because then you're willing to risk things. However, in this world, the only risk you're really running is injury, but you can prevent that or you can minimise the risk of that. But, um, you know, albeit I've had a few injuries myself, which we can touch on, but um, I really started out back at sort of 15, you know, we started out at 14, 15, I was getting a bit more serious than I'd say 16. I was just kind of chasing this constant, like, you know, like I was I was young and I was fairly strong at the time. Um, and I just seen potential in myself. And that was the first time I'd ever really seen potential in myself. Yeah. And, and, and to be like a, what I would consider, it's not something I would call myself now because I don't want anyone to call themselves subpar or suboptimal. But, um, you know, I, I really considered myself like a subpar human. Like all the guys at school, like they were probably running like, five and a half minute miles and I was probably like there like eight minutes or nine minutes or something like it just wasn't my thing you know or like good at football or yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like into a certain music and I just I was never really that kind of person so um to actually finally believe in myself and and as the law of attraction works you know you throw yourself in a gym surrounding and um, there you go you're, you're already connected with people that have got similar things so new training partners came and gone and um, met good relationships, some relationships that went sour, and um, you know, but this is a lesson. You know, life's a lesson, and and I think I owe a lot to bodybuilding to make me who I am today. Like I've got a pretty good job that I'm extremely grateful for. Um, it's given me a mindset that wants to hustle all the time. Like you know, I'm, I'm quite happy with a full plate. Yeah. Um, so not only was it the gym that like kind of developed me as a person it was it was the mindset that both happened out with the gym yeah. that I could apply it to different areas of my life so you know I, I've got like a lot to owe to it so we're starting getting to like 15 16 um, and it's not a, it's not a quick process as any no. sort of like yeah, athlete yeah, yeah. will tell you you know what I mean exactly you know like you start at 19 and and you probably consider yourself you know at a decent level five years later like it doesn't happen um Oh, no, no, so, it takes years. All these sports, no matter what it is, whether it's yeah. surfing, surfing, windsurfing, bodybuilding, powerlifting, you know, fucking chess, cycling, yeah. anything. These, it's very rare that any of these sports, you know, take place overnight. Like in, in January, I started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and they say, it yeah. take, they say it takes almost 10 years to become a black belt. Well, well, there you go. Like, the average but, is 10 years. So, you know, I, yourself, I, it, it, it's there if you want it. Like, the, the way I seen it was, um, you know, time's going to pass anyway, whether you apply yourself to something or not, like time's going to pass. So that 10 years is going to pass. But if we get 10 years down the line and you quit one year in, you could say to yourself, God, if only I just stuck with that, like I'd have been a black belt by now. Yeah. You know I mean? I like, think, yeah. That's a, that's a very, um, a very good phrase. That's a nice, that's nice. That's nice words to live by. Um, it, yeah, totally, man. Like, um, and the thing is as well, you don't know when, things gonna end you know is it is it is it worth worrying about too much in advance Nah, not really like if you if you think about the bad things in advance you just suffer for longer so really you know try not let these things get on top of you and and, and like you said you know you could be a professional at anything like these people are just not so there's no reason why you know you can't be so with the the bodybuilding then what's like would you say you were more let's let's say obsessed rather than addicted would you say you were more were you more obsessed with like the process or was your in your head the whole time was it because obviously bodybuilding in essence is a competitive sport so was it um was was the obsession with the end result 
or were, were you not really thinking about that? Was it more of like a day-to-day thing where you're like, if I, you know, I'm doing this this day, I'm doing this tomorrow, all this, or were you literally in your head like, I want, I've got this on the wall and this is what I want to look like? Yeah. Like it's, it's a funny thing because there, there's both good and bad things that came with it because I almost enjoyed the fact that my work was never really going to be complete. You know, like an artist would look at a picture that they painted five years ago and at the time they would have been really happy about it. Yeah. But five years later, I bet they're like, well, I just wish I'd done like that little bit there. or yeah. You know, so I knew at that time my work was never going to be done, but I enjoyed that. You know, like it wasn't like playing an Xbox game where you get 100% complete and that's the job yeah, done. Yeah. You know, like I just, I just wanted something that, you know, you, you got bodybuilders at like 50, 60 years old. And I was like, God, I could do this for life. And do you know what? I'd feel good about it. Like I'd look good. I'd feel good. Yeah. But on the backside of that is if you're not in control of how you think or feel, which I wasn't at the time, like I'm, I'm not going to paint under any illusion that, you know, like it's been a smooth ride for me because it definitely hasn't. But um, off the back of that, you know, you're sitting in T-shirts. And like I said, once upon a time, I felt good in a T-shirt. But then that quickly turned into the whole, like, oh, God, my arms actually are looking a little bit smaller than my shoulders today. You know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was like it was like a bit of a vicious cycle, but I almost enjoyed that because I was like, right, the next time I train, I'm going to I'm gonna train that a little bit harder just to make sure that, you know, like these little baby biceps grow, you know? So, like, I got into it. And like I said, the obsession let's call it obsession and it just it just kind of grew in me and I was just like you know what like this is the thing for me because I met some really good quality people um you know like I said some relationships work out some don't but I felt like it gave me a purpose to life that made me want to wake up work hard train hard sleep again like you know at no point did I think that nah I just don't want to do anything just now so Mm. um I would say the obsession was a strong point in my life because I have now transferred that through um, into powerlifting. And when I'm coaching my clients, I turn around and say to them, transferable skills is the most important thing you'll ever learn. So for example, like we can be doing deadlift, but there's there's elements to the deadlift that we can bring into the bench press. And yeah. people are like, how? Like you use your chest for bench press. But, you know, I'd like to com- consider myself a bit of a, like unconventional sort of coach because I'm seeing things that maybe some other people haven't or you know if we speak about the years that I've been doing this and by no means am I considering myself the best or you know um, better than anyone else by any means but um, I've had some really good success with the, the, the boys that I am coaching just now so right. you know I'm, I'm seeing little things that are giving me feedback so not only are they getting that gratification from the effort that they're putting in but I'm getting it because I'm watching them improve and that's kind of like a product of my knowledge and what I'm helping them achieve. So it's what I spend years trying to get through, but, you know, I'm getting to watch it unfold. Like they didn't spend five years trying to get to the point that I did. They're doing it in sort of maybe a year or eight months, you know, so we're kind of, we're streamlining the process of progression, basically. So having a, having a master as well, you know, for for lack of a better word, having a, having a master, an instructor, a coach, makes makes a massive massive difference i mean one of my latest podcasts was done with a guy called called sam ross who in the windsurfing industry he's considered to be like one of the top top level like coaches in the uk he coaches like the the british olympic team like all this stuff wow. so, yeah. and to him about you know coaching and all this stuff and for me you know my profession for eight years was you know i'm the highest level windsurf coach you can get in the uk so yeah. coaching for me is like 
just as satisfying. And he said the same thing. He finds it just Isn't as it? satisfying as doing it himself. You know, and when you can, when you can is, look, yeah. back, look back on that experience and turn it into something that you know is going to significantly improve someone else, it's an amazing feeling because it's, it, it's what they love. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I, I can help you with this, you know? It is, isn't it? It, it feels just as good as you doing like a personal best or like you know, one of the best things you've done, doesn't it? And, you know, and you don't need to be a selfless person to sort of appreciate that in somebody else because, you know, they're essentially getting off the back of your progress that you've made over the years exactly. and they're and they're benefiting from it so instantly you feel like a proud dad don't you you're like <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. like i helped them get there like it felt good so that's been that's been something i've branched out into because i opened up this space and this is probably a good time to tie it with the podcast but i opened up this space here um just outside elgin um it was kind of like I wanted to build an environment. Um, and you know, I was speaking about networking with similar like, like-minded people. Um, I wanted to build this space so that it was, you know, you weren't going into a commercial gym and trying to fit in with whatever the norm was or the expectations were. So yeah. you go into a gym and, you know, you know, say you are really grinding out a rep and it's not going too well and, you know, you grunt or something. I don't want you to put that bar down and be like, whoa, are people looking at me like, I'm, you know, I feel self-conscious all of a sudden. Like, you know, you walk in here and I'm expecting you to just put your balls to the wall. So, like, I always say to them, like, I never measure your progress in kilograms. It's effort. Because at the end of the day, you could be having a really good day and great, your, your personal best will be shooting up. But on a bad day, you'll, you'll, you'll perform subpar. But yeah. if you take that away with you and you say to yourself, you know, like, I was performing really bad today. Like, maybe I'm not that good. Nah, that's that, nah, because that's a really toxic mindset to be in. So if you can turn around and say to yourself, you know, like, I was just having a bad day. Like, just yeah. accept it because we all have bad days, you know. Like, outside of here, you might have just had, you know, a really emotionally hard time you might have lost somebody really close to you so you come in here and you can't you know you could only give yourself 100 percent. And, and and i know people use that term you know give it your all give it you know give it 110 well you can't you, you physically cannot give anything 100 it's not a number like yeah. if it was 110 percent, then 100 percent wouldn't be everything so yeah. it doesn't really make sense that way so if you come in and just give me intensity and effort like i know i know you're going to benefit from it then um it's coming into that sort of safe space because there was a long period of time where I was going into a gym and I just didn't feel like I didn't feel myself. Like I felt like I couldn't really be me. Yeah. And that, that really wasn't an environment I wanted for other people. Um, but the good thing is I've, I've opened up this space and albeit it's, it's, you know, really it's close knit for now because um, I've not really got it, let's say commercialized in a way that, you know, um, we can get like a key card entry or something. Um, I'd probably need to change the, the unit for that. But um, the way it is just now is I want them to treat this like their home, like their safe place. Yeah. Um, and when we speak about what the, the gym does for you, um, you know, there's be, there's been a lot of nice man where I've come in here and, um, you know, almost wanted to break down and, you know, having a really hard time of it and, and all that. But then I remember there's a bigger purpose to why I'm here. Like, there is a real reason as to why I opened this place, A, for me and B, for other people. So, um, you know, you can come in here and if, if that means you want to sit and cry all night, cool, man, like, that's okay with me. But just remember that whatever happens in here is like your little release space. Um, and that's what it means to me. And that's that's what I wanted to mean excuse me, for other people. So I've learned a lot through the process of trying, failing, um, trying again, um, 
you know, a big one to touch on was um, I was supposed to be competing uh, for GB at the Worlds last year mm. um, in October, and yeah. uh, I ruptured my I ruptured my bicep tendon just a week before I was supposed to be going. Oh. So I ended up having to get surgery for that, and then um, that was mentally like a massive struggle. So, yeah. like I'm yeah. saying, it, you know, you might be performing on an above average level, but that doesn't mean you're not subject to the same risks or exposure or emotional difficulties that anyone on any level is going to feel. So, well, you know, think, you're not immune to these things. No, not at all. And I, I think, you know, what, what you said earlier about these guys coming in your gym and, you know, they might feel like shit and then they have a go and they perhaps, you know, don't want to perform, don't perform as well as they want and stuff. I think, you know, success in that term is completely relative. So for you, your, yeah. your your level of success is like right. I need to I need to deadlift three hundred kilos, and then I've done it, and then it's been a it's been a good day. But you might have like you know like me. I'll probably come in and be like right. If I can deadlift, if I can deadlift like fifty kilos, then it's a good day. Uh, yeah. You know, or yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, relative, you know, for me, windsurfing or whatever. If I do if I do this trick or that trick, it's a good day for me. But for you know for these other guys coming into your gym, their their expectations for themselves are so so far removed from your own expectations but it is completely relative to them they're like it was the best day ever but if you'd done what they'd done you'd be like you you don't even have to think about it do you know what i mean so it's i find i find that really fascinating as well that you know because i always think about my own experience because i always see on like facebook memories and stuff and i see things from like five or six years ago and i've done something windsurfing and i was really stoked and now i'm like i do that every day you know um, I think it's uh, what I've learned recently. Um, I work with a coach called Emma Hackett at Limitless Coaching, um, and she is honestly phenomenal at what she does. Because beforehand, I was like, "Well, why do I really need to coach my mind?" I was like, "You know, it's my mind. Like, it's just the way it is." And you always think that like mind coaching is almost like a, a mental health therapy if you like and, and you kind of associate with like the negative side of it, like an asylum or whatever so yeah. um, and you never really want to admit that you're broken in any way so at first I was like well how could she really help me with this but uh, the good story I've got to tell you this is, is probably one of my most recent ones um just the other day um I squatted 300 kilos for a double right which isn't the most I've ever done but the way I done it was the best I've ever done it. Right. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, normally you would celebrate the personal best. That's normally what you would do. But now my mindset is now in the place of thinking, well, you know, actually that was a victory. That was a, that was a massive victory because if I put the work in now and it's that good at 300 kilos, that means I could then progress up to like say 320, whereas I'd stall at 310 yeah. prior to this, you know? So if I could... What I would say, I don't know if there's going to be any like gym goers or powerlifters um, watching this podcast, and I hope there is. And if there is, please reach out to me. Like, I'd love to, I'd love to speak with you. But um, just remember that your one rep max feels the same as my one rep max. That's exactly and what I'm going to get to. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean, man? Like, it's that's exactly how it feels. Like, if you're if you're bursting yourself on a deadlift platform, I'm bursting myself too. You know what I mean? It might not be the same weight, but it feels the same in my hands. That goes across, that goes across every, like what we're saying, every sport, everything you're doing, you know, whether you, you know, cooking or me windsurfing, like cycling, you know, I I never managed to cycle up that hill and you've got another guy looking at a hill three times the size, but you're feeling exactly the same thing when you get to the top, you know? Yeah, 110%. Feeling exactly the same thing. You you know, it, it it is a really, 
I find it really strange that relative, you know, relative uh, achievements um, are such a massive thing within within sport and things. Yeah, you need you need to accept those, don't you? Like you need to you need to appreciate them. You might need to learn to appreciate them, but nonetheless, they're there to be appreciated, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, I think well, I think there's a fine line between appreciating them and celebrating them and being like, yes, and then also giving it giving it the big one about it, you know? Uh, yeah, and and that's and, a that's a great point actually. Yeah, because like you're saying you know you don't want to be overconfident, but you also don't really want to be fully satisfied either because you still want to be hungry. Like to say, you know, who's hungrier, the wolf at the top or the wolf climbing? So exactly, exactly. You know, it's it, it is one of those things, and I found that with you know with with something for me like like windsurfing, and you know for you like there is always going to be someone lifting heavier than you. So there's always going to be a yeah. heavier, there's yeah. always going to be a heavier weight for you to lift. You can always add yeah. an extra 10 kilos. No matter how high you get, always. you can always be able to add an extra 10. So it is one of those things. And it, I, I think it's kind of awesome in, you know, Windsor as well. There's always, there's always going to be something new for me to learn. And, and that's really exciting because I know that for the rest of my life, I have something to push for. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. never going to hit the ceiling, ever. Not even close. And that's, that's what I was saying, like back, back, back when I started out. You, you almost enjoyed the fact that there was going to be another little achievement for you yeah, to yeah. sort of tick off the box, man. Exactly, exactly. So in, in terms of you transitioning from, from bodybuilding into now what you're doing, which, you know, the powerlifting side of it, at, at what point were you, because I mean, I followed you on Instagram for a while and stuff, and, you know, you're, you're hooked up with a couple of companies and you're obviously, you know, competing and stuff. At, at what point were you like, Holy shit! I'm I'm actually getting quite good at this. Or was there a point with that, or was it just a real natural progression? Uh, nah, nah. You're, you're you're definitely hitting the nail on the head. There was really like a like a turning point for me, and uh, I'll, I'll get to that um, because it's quite an important thing to me, um, and it really shaped the direction that I was going to go with this. So. Uh, how it really started was, so I would say I was bodybuilding, but then I was riding motocross bikes. And I was like, oh, I really like motocross bikes. But <laughs> I was I was like, I was like bang average, right? But I enjoyed it. But that, yeah. that, was, that was the thing. Like, I physically enjoyed it. But with my mindset, I was always like, I need to be faster. I need to be better. Like, you know, I couldn't just go out and just like go for a little donder. It had to be like, right, I'm doing, doing that section faster or whatever. And, and you know, like, you know, I made okay progression. Um, you know, I was never going to be anything spectacular though. And, and I quickly realized that. But then I remembered like, I always had potential when it came to the gym. Right. Potential. So I knew that if I tapped into it, then I could be something good. Yeah. Um, I just I just needed to get there. But what happened was I ended up with a pretty nasty crash on my motorbike. And uh, so like I flipped over the handlebars and my lower back hit a rock on the deck. So um, instantly, like, I thought, do you know when you never think something's going to happen to you? Like, you know, yeah, you never yeah. think anything, anything insane's going to happen to you. Like, you see it on the news or, or on Facebook or whatever, and you're like, nah, no way. Like, that's, yeah. that's not going to happen to me. Oh, but yeah. it, it was a really rough time, just like the other injury I just had. But um, at that time, I, like, I couldn't feel my legs either. So I was like, I was like, shit. I was like, Fuck. is this, like, has this actually happened? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, that moment of realisation, like, A, I was struggling to breathe, and, you know, and B, and I was sitting there like, man, is this, like, is this my fate? Like, yeah. like what's just happened? Like, I'm not a doctor. I'm, I can't x-ray myself either. So, you know, has something bad happened or whatever? So what ended up happening was I actually tore my groin both sides um, and I've got nerve damage uh, down my right side. So I can't, I can either feel nothing 
or it's excruciatingly sore. So, like, oh. say you scratched my skin, like, I probably wouldn't feel it, but if you pinched it, it would be, like, the most painful thing in the world. Um, and that might come back, that might fix itself, I'm not sure, but um, there was a guy in Inverness called Chris Mazur, um, who later became a best mate, but there, there's a story behind that. Um, and I knew, I knew he was knowledgeable. You know, like, if I'm being taught by somebody, then I want them to be considerably better than me. Because it's just the way idolizing works. Oh, for sure, yeah you, know, yeah. you know, he practices what he preaches. So I'm sitting there like, you know, he he looks incredible. And I was like, yeah, this guy, this guy's good, right? I'm I'm enjoying him. So I messaged him and I was like, here, bro, like, you know, I'm, I've just had a bad accident. I knew he was smart. So I knew he could rehab me. So I was like, yeah, this is the guy to go with. Like, I'm going to do this smart. And then I worked with him and I was like, do you know what, man? I'm kind of out of that whole bodybuilding, eating million times a day like the cleanest meals in the world and um, waiting for one or two competitions a year where that's the only time I've got abs but I call myself a bodybuilder year round you know and yeah, yeah. um, so I sat there and I was like that's, that's not really for me I kind of phased out of it like I fell out of love with it but it taught me a lot so I, I'll always thank it for that but um, I met him and I said look bro like I just want to get strong I just want to get really strong so I was always pretty good at bench press like it was just one of these things I've done a lot and uh we set a goal and it was to beat the junior British record at the Scottish qualifiers, which was going to be, I don't know, say like six months later, I think it was. Um, and I ended up breaking that Scottish record. Uh, sorry, win. British record. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like I said, we're just these, we're just these people from Scotland, like in, in this little place of Scotland. Yeah. And, and you're now a record holder. You know, like you are, you're, you're probably one of the most accredited coaches in the UK or if not really, a large part really, of the world. Do you know what I mean? I worked at one of the one of the best places. I'm not sure about that, but um, but yeah, I, I I would never say that about myself. But I've I've been with. Of course, you wouldn't because you're humble. That's why you would never you never sit and say you know I'm one of the better coaches. But you are. You wouldn't have that accreditation without earning it. You know, nobody just gets given what you know or what no. you've earned. So no, 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 you know, like it, it's cool for me to say. You know, it's a pleasure speaking to somebody who's considered, even though I don't do the sport, it's nice to see that I'm speaking to somebody who's dedicated themselves in the same way that I have to my sport, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I so gonna... I ended up, yeah, sorry, carry on. Oh, no, I was going to say that, that's, oh. why, that's why I reached out to you because I was just so, like, I'm so fascinated by all this. And, like, I, I think I saw on your Instagram that you'd done this, like, you, you'd set some records and things, but obviously, like, I know absolutely nothing about it. So I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like so intrigued, you know, it's so far removed from what I do. That's the beauty of it though. Like, you know, you can sit there and not really understand what it means, but if you can see through that, what it means to somebody, then that says enough for itself. Like the well, keels aren't important to you. That's the common, yeah, that's common, common ground. ground. Yeah, like exactly. I go, oh, that's really, you know, you, you hold a record. That's epic. doesn't matter what yeah. it is. It doesn't matter if it's the most Maltesers in your mouth. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like, yeah. oh, that's really cool, you know. 110%. But I keep saying 110%, and I was like, you can't give 100 But I speak, I figured if we're, if we're speaking just conversationally, like, I'll yeah, make yeah, it away with saying 110%. So how, um, how, how heavy was the, the record then? It was, uh, so it was 202.5 kilos for bench press, and that was the current, and then I ended up doing 205 kilos. Um, so albeit it wasn't massive, and I'm sure somebody's going to beat it at some point. But at one point, I have and currently still am for the time being um, the record holder in that class and category. So I'm going to take that, man. Like, 
I'm actually going to take that and wear that with pride. So I went to Chris Mazur barely able to walk. And then I ended up being one of the, you know, the most competitive lifters on the day. So um, it's one of those. And I was like, instantly that reward feeling, that gratification of, you know, my work has paid off. Our work has paid off because I don't really see my body as mine, if that makes sense. Like my mind's in control of it. Yeah. And I look like this. Yeah, cool, because of what I do. But my body is a product of uh, Kabuki Strength, which are my uh, physical coaches, um, Emma Hackett, which is my mindset coach. Um, I'm using pro prep coaching just now, nutrition-wise. Yeah. And uh, and then I've got Cerberus as a company uh, behind me, supporting me, which are a huge name in the industry. So, you know, I've got these high-level people that I'm performing for. So yeah. it's a token of... I want to make you proud and I'll make myself proud in the process because you've put your name to me. So I'm going to give you something back. So it's nice to see it that way. And I don't know if it's the right way or wrong way because I know everyone says, you know, we should just do it for you. But at the end of the day, when we say about that oxytocin release, you know, yeah, like I appreciate the fact that I could give somebody something to be proud of, especially me as well. Like if we're all proud together, you know, it's almost it's almost narrow minded to do that. Oh, I'm just going to do it for me because often these things do become so much bigger than that. Um, and like like you yeah. said, like yourself, you know, you've got a team behind you and stuff. You, you'd almost be selfish to say I'm doing it for myself. You know, it would almost be a kick in the face to them because they're like, well, they're putting effort in. Well, you know, whether that's a phone call in. a week, you know, exactly. Yeah. They're investing all this time and effort into you. It, it would be you're right to go. Oh, you know, you stand up there having just done you know, done whatever at this competition, you say, oh, you know... It's, it's all down to me. Yeah. All I've got, yeah, all I've got to thank is me and I put in all this work. And it's yeah. like, no, and, and generally that never happens, does it? You know, at these kind exactly. of athletes does it, does it. all this, they're the first, you know, you just, did, you just did it there. Like, they're the first ones to mention everyone that's helped them, you know. Um, and that's, that's, that's a big thing. And there we go, guys. That was part one with Lewis Cheatham. Um, unfortunately Lewis had to go um, but we chatted a bit after we finished recording and we decided we're going to do part two um, because we still have so much to talk about Um, I hope you guys enjoyed episode one I think Lewis is such an interesting dude he's obviously very very driven um, and very good at what he does Um, you know I found found it really really fascinating talking to him so yeah stay tuned guys for next week um, and there will be part two of the episode with Lewis also in between that guys I probably will be putting up my next solo episode Um, I've not done one for quite a while but feel like I've got some stuff to say now, um, so stay tuned for that as well. As usual, guys, please like, share, subscribe. I also really cringy saying all that stuff, but it, it really is appreciated so much more than you would think, um, and it goes a long way to help support me uh, doing this podcast. So, yeah, thank you in advance for that, guys, and we will see you for the next one.